mysticism, magic, all part of this holiday season. For Lauren Hellickson, it's part of her life, and she's my guest coming up next on Survivor Angels. It's time for Survivor Angels, an approach to strengthen trauma survivors. Here, you can escape what draws negativity and engage your positive abilities and the gifts that you've always had. Let's activate your angels. And to help you on that journey, here's Chaplain Jody. Ms. Lauren, we are going to talk mysticism and magic, aren't we? Yes, it's my favorite. Yay! So, um... Because my audience is a little varied, let's start by you explaining to both viewers and listeners, what is mysticism? How would you define that? That is a fantastic question. Um, so when I'm talking about mysticism and magic in the same sentence, I'm trying to cover all of these aspects of this sort of um, modality that I think that we are very misunderstood by. We mm -hmm. think that um, magic in and of itself is just maybe this one thing, or it's this one uh, religious affiliation, or it is something that doesn't encompass not only a practice, but it encompasses history, um, but not just in the occult, it encompasses uh, different beliefs in, in religious practices all over the world. So the mystic part of it is bringing magic as a lifestyle. So mysticism is this um, lifestyle that you can obtain through not just magic, but um, meditation and things that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Your religious practice can be your mysticism um, so when I, when I use that in a sentence, it's because I'm trying to almost expand the idea of, um, the term magic. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It, ma it makes total sense. And one, one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with is like when a lot of the holy writings, you know, the sacred writings, whatever term you want to put on them were sort of being chosen for for the Bible, for the Quran, for the Torah, whatever the case was, if they dealt with mysticism, they weren't put in. And is it because back then, even like today, people just simply don't understand the, the mysticism part of it, the magic part of it? They think that's like, ooh, don't, you know, don't go there. Well, this is gonna be a this is a loaded question. So <laughs> It's interesting how, so let's, just because it's, it's the most popular, you know, in the United States of America, at least, um, we take like, um, the Christian religion. Mm -hmm. So when we think of magic and Christianity, we think that those things are, nope, nope, they are not the same that, you know, magic is devil. But then we think about these things that. Uh, and if we go, I mean, if we go into like, we won't even touch the Old Testament when it comes to magic and mysticism, but let's go to the New Testament and even just something as simple as like um, the teachings of, of Jesus or the, the um, 
the miracles that Jesus performed. You know, mm-hmm. if at the time that those were being performed, those were being looked at as magic by the people that ended up putting them up on a, on a cross. You know what I mean? Like he, he was performing mm-hmm. these acts that were magical. Um, and so to, I think that there has been this, this pipeline of, and now this is not, I, I have a, a very, very strict separation. And when I talk about toxic Christianity, and when I talk about Christ-like Christianity, very different. Right. I have right. a lot of people in my life that are Christ-like, and those are the people mm-hmm. that I associate myself with. And those are the people that I admire their faith and that I will talk. And I'm, I'm a deconstructed, you know, toxic Christian. Um, I went through a, a phase of my life where I, I belonged to a church that was, that was just teaching the, not teaching about the, the magical side of Jesus and only teaching about this, you know, condemnation. Um, and when we think mysticism as that lifestyle, that includes working with deities and how is, you know, God and Jesus not deities in the culture of Christianity. So to say that magic is bad, according to religious texts is such a, like weird, hypocritical misunderstanding purely of the text. So I don't even try to argue it because it's like if you are condemning mysticism and magic because of your religious beliefs, you're it's very clear that you are not understanding your religious beliefs. Um, and that goes in most. If you if you look at any any religion that has a deity, the miracles that are being performed by those deities those are, they're magical. That is the mysticism of the religion. Like it just, it blows my mind. <laughs> it Me blows too. my mind when there's conversations about how this stuff is evil. Cause I'm like, I don't know. No, it, it, you know, it's the same thing with, with the supernatural and the paranormal. The vast majority of people with a belief system do believe in the supernatural and the paranormal, at least to an extent, because they all believe that there is something after this life. They don't know what it is, but they believe that there is something more than this. Mm-hmm. And the few that don't believe in the supernatural paranormal, yeah. I think are the same ones that, as you just said, are the ones that say, oh, well, those miracles in the Bible, it's just like, oh, no. No, no, no. You know, that's all the dark side. You can't go there. God performed more magic than Satan did. <laughs> right? Right. Yes. And this so, is, I mean, and I'm not, I don't practice any kind of religion. I don't even practice an organized religion in my own practice anyway. But that's just from like, reading the text like the bible's not that it's not that long guys you could read it i started page one man enthralled yeah but 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 to read it from page one straight through to the page the last page you you don't get the the meanings and the purpose of it you have to be able to pluck from here to here because it's constant movement because it wasn't written 
linear. Yeah, it's all these different books. And yeah. if you read them independently of one another, and then you make mm -hmm. sure that you highlight and you you take your notes. But it's it's interesting because the the that is what any religious text it is made. They don't. And it's funny that you say if you read it from first to last page, you have to pick and choose, which is even more so. Now we're getting into this like theological, you know, conversation now, and I'm not meaning to, but um, it's funny when people say, well, the Bible says, actually, the Bible doesn't say anything. The Bible is a text. It's a text. Right. It is it's a text that was written by these flesh and blood hands, um, yep. and it was an interpretation of ideas. And so when, you know, and just like, just like I, I wrote a book, but this is not, oh, well, Lauren said, no, I didn't. It was a text and you are interpreting my text in a way um, that, you know, might speak to you. But if, if I were to ask, um, if I were to ask Tom what, what he got out of my book, and then I ask Jenny what she got out of my book, they're going to be two completely different answers. Even if they're similar, even mm -hmm. if the outcome is, well, you know, I really valued your uh, talking about um, meditation. You know, I valued talking about meditation because I relate it to my prayer. I value your talking about meditation because I have yoga practice. Same, but completely different. And that's, right. that's when we are thinking about incorporating things like this into our own lives, we have mm -hmm. to constantly remind ourselves and this includes if you are attending some sort of like religious church as well, too. The interpretations of a text is not what the text is saying. It's an interpretation forever. It's what you're getting out of it. It's what you're yeah, getting out of it. It's the messages coming through. Absolutely. Even even the stories themselves. So we're going to get off this theological kick. I know. I <laughs> Man, I love talking about the Bible, though. <laughs> right well, so do I, being pastor. <laughs> no, I know, but it's and and I love. Um, oh, but yeah, we're gonna we're that's gonna be. In, we're just we're just gonna have to have coffee. Yeah, exactly. We'll just have to do another podcast. Yeah. So, uh, but just you know, even for one last piece here, even the stories that are in any of the the holy texts um, or the sacred texts, um, they're the way somebody possibly was part of them. And wrote them down. But again, it's it that's like your diary. The way you yes. wrote your diary might be completely different than the way somebody else who was also there and was who experienced it would write it in their diary. And that's why it's so important that everybody talks and is in conversation, just like we're in conversation. And so now I'm gonna move us past this one. <laughs> and four go hours to later. <laughs> so I, I had you. Define mysticism. Define magic. Magic is very similar to me how I define the paranormal. Um, because it's the same thing as, you know, a hundred years ago, our, even like things that we do in the medical field a hundred years ago would have been considered magic. It would have been considered, um, you know, something that, could have could have very well caused fear um or even if i were to go back in time 200 years with my cell phone that's magic so so magic is to me now this is on a grand scale 
occurrences that happen uh, with intention that cannot be explained with modern day science. Um, yeah, science period. Um, so, and, and it's, and it's intention is the biggest part. So for me, magic is, you know, that's prayer, uh, miracles. Um, but it's also, I'm trying to think of like something very, um, wholesome, you know, not like, um, when I do a, when I do something that would be considered like a spell, and I am asking for, I always ask for consent if I'm doing something for somebody else. But like I had a friend who was going through a really, really hard time. And instead of praying for her, like I am, I am more very hands-on with when it comes to magic, but like I will do something where I will put all sorts of protective herbs in a jar. I'll write her name on a piece of paper and I'll put that in the jar with it too. And I'll plant it in one of my house plants. And I'll be watering that plant and I'll be putting all of this intention in that plant. And, you know, if things go, if things get a little bit better or she finds a little bit more comfort to me, I'm like, that was, that was magical. You know, that was something that wasn't explained. Maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it was placebo because she knew that I was doing this for her. Um, and that's magic. So something that is happening that you put this intention into and a response that's either, um, you know, that was intended comes out of it, you know, that's magic. Magic can also right. just be meditation. It can also be a pep talk to yourself and all of a sudden you feel better. That's magic to me. Um, but then, I mean, there's also scientific things that I think are magical too. So magic is such a huge encompassment, but paranormal, it that is. para is that, that beyond normal, that beyond or parallel to normal is the same thing that I kind of put magic into. Magic just has the intention behind it. Right, right. And of course, as we all know, there is dark magic. And yeah, that's why I was trying to find magic. something really wholesome, because I'll tell you what, man, I'll put somebody in the freezer. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right, everybody, you've been warned. Stay on Lauren's good side. This is why I love you. <laughs> I mean, I would rather put somebody in the freezer than go out and actually, and, and, and sometimes, and sometimes it's just cathartic. Sometimes it's cathartic. You know, it, sometimes it just makes me feel better. I don't worry. I'm not like, I don't have a cauldron. I'm not like eating children today. Um, today, but you know, there are so, there are worse evils in the world that yes. are happening right now. Um, mm -hmm. and there are, there are bad people with bad intentions doing magic, but just like we have a, a profound darkness that we wouldn't be able to recognize if we didn't know what light was, it's the same balance that needs to occur, um, in any kind of even medicine, you know, we have life-saving um, cancer treatments that kill every single cell in your body. And that's how it's helping kill your cancer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, exactly. We have, you get gangrene, you're going to lose a leg, but it's going to save your life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so there's these, there's always this balance of like bad and good in so many things. And I'm not saying that like dark magic is needed because no, right. there's a lot of people doing really crappy things, mm-hmm. but it's, you can't, you're never going to just be light. Right. Yeah. And that, you, it's not who we are. It's not how we're Yeah. Running. We mm-hmm. weren't created to just be these, just beams of light and that's it that can cause more darkness than finding that balance with your emotions and your intentions and you know if you need to find some sort of cathartic release for your your anger or your your grief your grief isn't made of sunshine no and if you ignore your grief it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then it turns into anger and it turns into bitterness and then it turns into violence and then it you know Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah are you are you all for these 45 minute answers that i have for you yes i am go back and watch the podcast i did with dave schrader oh that's we're we're uh we're we're friends for a reason, Dave and I. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well and, and and us and Dave yeah. and I. Oh, and- oh that's how I mean that's how I met you. Yeah. It's a circle. Oh, oh my gosh, what? don't ever have the three of us on a podcast. That's an awesome idea. Oh, see, now you did it. You opened Pandora's box. We gotta we gotta set aside at least 12 hours for that one. Right. That'll have to be like a series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I try to keep these to about a half hour because oh, um, it's okay. just people are busy, you know, and and attention spans. And I, I've got a gerbil that's you know just going all the time on its wheels. So my gerbil so, okay. is connected to my mouth. See, mine isn't always, which is a really good thing. Really good thing. Yeah, I, I got to try to figure mine out. <laughs> Okay, so we're talking about magic and talking about the good, solid stuff. The holidays now, they're they're considered magical, even for people that don't have a belief system, mm-hmm. which it's to me that it just warms my heart. It really does, because it's like, even though people get cranky and crabby because there's not enough time and I've got so much to do, they still are inspired and enthralled. <coughs> by the magic of this season. What is it about this season that's magical? Maybe just maybe just for you because since we can only speak for ourselves. Well, I might have a different answer than expected. I Oh. Am you're like no. You don't nope. say Lauren. <laughs> I actually we don't do a lot of Christmas celebration. And that's not to say that I don't find, this is also, but this is my favorite time of year, believe it or not. But it's not because of the Christmas, because you're right. I worked in retail. So this is like, this is also, I have seen the the, the dark side of this time of year. And that is a big reason why we pull away from the, like the capitalism piece, because I think that is, there's that dark balance. Um, but it is this time of year so we have the we have the cycle of life that we all know we have birth life death and then there's a stillness that happens and during that period of stillness is 
you know, and this is same thing going back to, I hate to keep relating it back to, but it's so easy when you're talking to a, a lot of people to relate it to something that we all understand. And sometimes that's religion, but we even had that, you know, that day of rest. So rest after creation is so after creation or destruction, it's in every, um, every religious practice, even even non-religious practice, you do something really, yeah. really, really difficult and then you're done and there's rest. Believe right. it or not. In the culture in general. Mm-hmm. We sleep at night. You know, we uh, we hibernate. We we have coffee after we, you know, do something crazy. So wintertime, the winter solstice specifically starts that, that is that period of stillness. We have autumn, which is considered like the, the death, you know, of the season, everything is starting to die, fall off the trees. Um, and then winter solstice is that stillness. And during this time, I give myself goosebumps because it is like my really favorite time during this time is when all of this energetic, magical, um, groundwork is being laid for the next season, for growth, for um, abundance. Like right now is the time that we all should be still and resting. And uh, so I think the magic happens because we have this huge buildup to Christmas, right? And it's so stressful, even though we shouldn't be stressing ourselves out. I get it. I understand people have kids and all this other stuff. And there's all these expectations. And I wish I could take it all away from everybody. But then that Christmas time comes and you're done. And then like, think about the day after Christmas. That is the time that everybody's like. Unless they have to take returns back. True. True. But you know what? Let's just don't give it a little bit, especially come on. We all, we all shop on Amazon. There's such a huge window of returns. Yes. But like, this is the time that's so magical for me because this is the time that I energetically am getting ready to like, sow this, like my seeds have been sowed and this is like germination and germination is so powerful because all of these things are moving and like ideas are starting to sprout and this, this anticipation for this new season and and all of these things are happening inside of me. And I feel like I'm so excited to like springtime comes and that's when like everything gets to burst forth. So this is a really exciting time because not only do I get to sleep a lot, (laughs) but, (laughs) but Magic is brewing inside of me, inside of everyone. We just have to find stillness sometime to like feel it. But the magic, it is literally the most magical time of the year because it's like literally energetically the most magical time of the year. People just don't realize that they have to be still to feel even more of the magic. Right. People have a very hard time just sitting and not doing anything. And even to sit in silence, that's one thing. And I, I don't mean to go back to the, the whole church religion thing. Inevitable. But, but I would be up front and we would call for a moment of silence, whether it was for prayers to be done or whatever it might be. And you could feel the tension and anxiety rise because people are like, it's too- What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Right. And yet- if they would just take a step back, and maybe that's our message from this podcast, is for the holidays now, give that as a gift to yourself. Just take that time and just sit with yourself. And don't do, don't 
think, don't even listen, just sit. The universe, God, any, you know, deity. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why we don't hear the voices booming down from the sky. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get your energetic spiritual downloads, your messages from God, your, your conversations from your deities by running around with your, your a chicken with her head cut off. Like that's, it's not going to happen in every no. single practice. There is a type of meditation and that is how you receive your, your blessings, your magic, your messages is by being still. And that's a, that's the hugest takeaway from that book. The biggest, I have a whole chapter on meditation because you cannot you can't grow a seed without putting it into the dirt and allowing it to rest because it's so delicate and the roots are so delicate and that germination period is so delicate. That's why when you sow seeds, especially if you're doing it like at home, you sow your seeds, you cover it in saran wrap and you just, you, you moisten the soil and you leave it. Right. You leave it right. until you see something come up from the soil. That's the time that you still have to leave it for a minute, but that's the time that you can start to see its growth. But there is a ish ton happening underneath that soil before right. that first little leaf comes out of the soil. And it's not going to happen if I take my plant and I'm doing this. Is it, in, is it growing yet? Let's just stir up the soil a little bit. It's not going to oh, Just kill me. It's literally nature. So for people who are very anxious, I don't know what I'm going to get so-and-so, maybe even for yourself, let's plug your book. Tell people the name of your book, what it's about. Um, Dark Moonlight has nothing to do with religion. It's not Wicca. It's not, it's nothing. It's a, it's a non, I am a non-denomination witch, y'all. And I only really call myself a witch because it's a term that's usually so socially like unacceptable or socially uncomfortable. So I use that term, you know, very much with myself um, just to bring comfort to other people that are uncomfortable about it. Um, but it is about bringing magic into your life on a day-to-day -day basis. And let me tell you, from an ADHD princess. I literally wrote this book for people who don't have time, who have short attention spans, who are doing 5,000 things at once because same y'all same. And it talks about meditation. It talks about the things that you need to have a magical practice. Spoiler alert, nothing. It talks about small little daily things that you can incorporate into your life. And then if you're somebody that's just like, you know what? I do have time. Say less because it also has items that you can, that you should have on hand if you want to do things. It has, because I'm like, I'm like a kitchen witch. It has a recipe book in the back that are really just more, um, 
personal, wholesome. Um, there's also things about dealing with uh, grief in here. There's something called a cord cutting ceremony that helps you to separate um, your mind and yourself like from from things that you're that you're grieving or that you need to separate yourself from. Um, there's protection stuff in here. There are um, there's sigil create. There's manifestation. There's all of these, and there's like spots for notes. But my favorite part is there are. I talk a lot about the solstices and the equinox. So just like our holidays that happen this time of year, I talk about um, all of the solstices and the equinox what they mean in terms of the life cycle, that birth, life, death, stillness, um, and how you can incorporate just something small, even if it's just meditation. Um, and I also talk about the moon phases because I do a lot with the moon. So that's something like there's literally something for everyone to start some kind of practice, whether it's magical, whether it's meditative, no matter what, but Again, back to my favorite part. My, um, I don't know if you've noticed that I have a couple tattoos. My, <laughs> my tattoo artist, um, Audrey Henry, illustrated this, and oh. she's incredible. Let me hear. It's winter, so we're gonna do the winter solstice. She, we did um, coloring pages, so they're printed wow. on white, and they're printed with like nice bold lines, so that you can color them. Uh, while you're kind of learning about like the the equinox or the solstices, like look at autumn. Sure. Oh, they're beautiful. They're, they're gorgeous. And she illustrated the whole book. So there's like, there's little coloring pages, there's stuff to do. So it makes a really lovely gift. Um, and I, I do talk about why sometimes uh, a magical practice is looked at poorly by some religious affiliations. And sure. now you I think, I think this is appropriate. You'll find it funny. I do say that Catholics are my favorite witches because Catholicism <laughs> is the witchiest. I'm so sorry if you're a Catholic and I don't mean magic in like any kind of devil worship, but I'll tell you what, man, satchels hanging from doorknobs, burning the incense, yes. doing the devotions, like, yep, you're practicing beautiful, beautiful magic. Yes. Gorgeous. I'm talking, like, I have one of the um, incense burners from a Catholic church. It is my favorite. And I don't even use it in an ironic way. It's beautiful. It's one of my favorite things to use when I'm, when I'm cleansing a space. I bring right. it to houses when they when somebody wants me to cleanse their space. I use um, frankincense and myrrh. Uh huh. It's Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so everybody, if you're looking for a gift, you've got Lauren's book, and we'll have more information for it in the narrative description for the podcast. And so, my final question to you, my dear, okay. because like you say, you're kind of not into the whole capitalism thing, which, um, yeah. Um, like for my husband and I, our grown-up kids, they don't need anything. And so we make a donation to different charities that are in line with their interests. And we do the donations in their honor. So for all of our viewers and listeners out there, what would be a charitable organization that 
is one of your interests that they could donate to for the holidays? So I have two very, I have three. Let me, let me, let me bring it down. We're going to do the most important one. Um, so I, my husband is a, um, disabled veteran. He's a Marine Mm -hmm. and we, every year we donate to the wounded warrior project, um, or any, like do your research about the military, um, organizations that you're donating to and just make sure that they're 100%. And there are ones for service dogs. There are, there are so many, um, but he, he gets a lot of literature and stuff from the wounded warrior project and we're in correspondence with them a lot, but this Mm -hmm. time of year, and this is something that bothers me all the time. The homeless population in the United States of America, over 11%, now mind you, it should be 0%. We should have zero homeless in one of the richest countries in the entire world. But 11%, roughly, last time I checked, 11%, I I have a hard time checking the statistics, but 11% of the homeless population are veterans. Yes. Are people that have probably joined the military as children, as 18-year-olds, to either get away from, you know, a bad home life, get out of their hometowns, get out of volatile situations. Not right. everybody is gung-ho military. They're doing it because it's a way to get out and see the world. And then when they come home with PTSD, with loss of limbs, with, you know, losing their friends, um, suicide, they're coming mm-hmm. back to a country that isn't taking care of them. So we donate to the Wounded Warrior Project um, because my husband, he's 100% disabled. He um, PTSD, tinnitus. Um, he did three tours in Iraq. He hates, he hates when I talk. <laughs> okay. My, my, my oldest, my son, he he's 20 years retired. He's 100% total permanent yeah. disabled. He was frontline combat. Yep. You, you preached yeah. to the choir here. No, yeah. exactly what you're saying. And it is unacceptable. I mean, it's unacceptable to have homeless here anyways. It is unacceptable mm-hmm. to even have a percentage, let alone a two-digit percentage of military veterans without housing. Right. Absolutely unacceptable. Absolutely. And I'm talking, I'm talking, my second favorite is like anything that has to do with animals and 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 veterans without houses is my absolute top. Like right. and, and for, for our viewers and listeners out there, if you are debating which veteran-related organization to give to, go to the Department of Defense website. Believe it or not, the government gets this right, the DOD website, and they list the credible, the for real, the non-scam charitable organizations that actually will get the money from you to the veterans. Yeah. And I'm talking not care packages at Starbucks. Donate money. Yes. The people yes, that are yes, yes. out of the military are the people that need our help. Right. Yep. While they're in the military, the government's taking care they're, of them. They are, taking, got, they are taken care of. They, are, they got three meals a day. They got a place to sleep. They've got medical, dental, all they of that. They got brand new cars because they ain't got no bills. <laughs> I see those new recruits in their motorcycles. <laughs> those signing bonuses. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got a few new toys when I was in, too. <laughs> It's that's what you do. It's what you do. Well, Lauren, I wish you the absolute happiest of holidays. And because I love Christmas, I'm going to say Merry Christmas. No, 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 absolutely. 
that, like I said, it is the most magical time of the year. It really is. Like, it is. It is. All right. So until next time. <sighs> Hopefully Merry it's soon. Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. And happy winter solstice. Yes. Thanks again for joining Chaplain Jody on Survivor Angels. For more information, go to chaplainjody.me. That's chaplainjody.me. And on Facebook at Survivor Angels-Chaplain Jody. Sound effects for the show created by Andre Opate and provided by Pixbay. This is Dave Schrader. Until next time, sending you off to activate your angels.